Hey there, welcome to Falling Up Radio. I'm really excited that you're here today. My name is Michael Harris. I'm a host of the show. If you haven't been to Falling Up Radio yet, it's really, we're really direct, we're really blunt. We have these conversations of really about what is falling down and getting up. And sometimes we find, actually most of the time we find that our failures, our challenges, our biggest losses really turn into our bigger, our biggest gains. It's like it's manure, you know, it's like fertilizer for growth or something like that, you know, the way that the universe works and all this stuff. I wanted to mention too, I don't know whether you're listening online and watching the video pro- a podcast or whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, one of the other platforms. But if you go to the website, fallingupradio.com, you can download a free copy of my number one book, Falling Down, Getting Up. This was number one, number one. I It's hard to believe, number one in yoga, stress, and recovery. So you can download a free copy ebook of that. Or you can order, actually, you can get a free copy of this. I just asked you to pay a little shipping and handling, but I buy the book for you. Uh, okay, with, with that said, I want to introduce to you an incredible guy. I've known this person for, I guess, probably about 19 years now. We, we, we met at uh, Bikram Yoga training, teacher training in, um, in 2000. When he went to training, I'd gone to the training in 98 and he went to 2000. But our guest today, I mean, his passion about yoga and health is just, you know, it's beyond anything. It's like he's holding the torch for yoga and health and the benefits and what it can do. Our guest was raised in Canada. He had a yoga studio for many years in Vancouver, B.C., we're going to talk a little bit about that. But then he, he, he let go of the studio, the studio let go of him, however you want to say it. And now he's out traveling the world, again, being an emissary really about yoga and helping train new teachers and teaching people all over the world. And really, in many ways, having the life of his dreams. I don't even know if he has a home address anymore. All I know is he's traveling around the world. So... Our guest, Brad Colwell, welcome to our show. And you right now just got finished teaching a class in Spain, I believe, right? You got it, my friend. I'm in Madrid. I just finished teaching. I just had to run up the hill about a kilometer just to make it for the show because, of course, not only are you good friends, but, (laughs) I mean, what your message is is amazing. So I had to chuck her up as hard as I could. And, and of course, as a yogi, you don't even see me breathing hard now, do you? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> well, and then the other thing, which I know people have said this to you lately too, Brad, you look like Jesus. Yeah, I've kind of adapted this Jesus look, you know, I, maybe I'm becoming the modern day Jesus, you know, I go around and touching people and they heal, but uh, anyway, yeah. I'll, take, I'll take that as a compliment. I've been hearing it a lot. One of these days, it's all going to come off, and I'll, I'll, I'll transition to something else. You know, we do yeah. that. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to get to your studio, but one of the things I want to get to you to talk to you about right now, because I think with yoga, it's so important. And you've really had this opportunity now to really be traveling all over the world. You've taught literally hundreds of thousands of people, perhaps 10,000 teachers all over the world. What yep. do you think has been the biggest impact? Is there somebody that maybe overcame some diabetes or maybe they lost a lot of weight or maybe a relationship change? Is there something that pops into your mind that you can think of that stands out? You know, the yoga has been such an amazing journey for me. And, and the fact that I've just been able to have a facility like my own yoga studio or nowadays, like you said, I don't even have a home address. Mm-hmm. I literally show up and people come in and, and they have every kind of problem you name it. It, it it's never ending and the fascinating part is as long as someone shows up they're willing to try it, it starts it works and and so i'm just a facilitator and i'm so happy to just have that smiling happy face and the encouragement of kind of being a cheerleader and saying go 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 because i know it works either on the mental or the physical or the spiritual or whatever that needs is and it seems to be the magic potion. So maybe I am the modern day Jesus. <laughs> I just have those magic <laughs> pom-poms. Go, go, go. 
And man, you know, there's nothing better in the world these days, as you know, is to have something that's so powerful that can help people in every kind of illness possible, whether it is, like we just said, mental or physical or spiritual. So, you know, let it be. Let it be, yeah. So I want to talk also a little bit about you. I know that you went to training in 2000. I don't really remember. I, I know that we talked about it one time, but I don't really remember why you started yoga and how you got to that point of becoming a teacher. So how did you, why did you start yoga? Where did you start? Yeah, so I, I was actually a musician and I had a music studio and uh, my singer at the time, which was Danny Dorcas in Vancouver, and he was just finished as it was, so you'll get a good laugh, smoking a cigarette after rehearsal. And then he goes, oh yeah, my girlfriend just opened up this yoga studio and I'm like, yoga and he goes yeah it's like this Indian guy and it's really hot and it's like kicking your ass and I was like okay <laughs> so we showed up the next day and there's like literally five of us and she's got a little pad of paper and she goes oh Brad is here and and we I had zero knowledge about what was going to happen and I had no expectations but I what happened is I finished the 90 minute class and I came out and I sat on the bench and literally the light bulb came on and I said yep I'll be doing that for the rest of my life it literally, it, it was, it was a, a very impactful moment. And I didn't know I was going to be a teacher or a studio owner or anything. I just knew that that was so good for me that I needed to keep doing that. And so that was my journey began. And, and we were actually recording a, a CD at the time. And, and, and then one month later it was January and, and people started coming in and Lisa was the only teacher. And Danny was like, dude, we got to go down to yoga teacher training. And I was like, you just asked me to go to Mars. Like, what? Like, I, I really didn't have a clue what I was doing. Mm -hmm. So we finished up our record and eight months later, we went to LA to this teacher training and the whole idea is we're, we're gonna shop our CD and we're gonna do this yoga training and we're gonna go back to music and maybe we'll just do a little yoga on the side. And literally that was the yoga boom. And I mean, we got back and you, it was standing room only and we were teaching as many classes as possible and for me, my music career disappeared. And the next thing I had a yoga studio and I've been in this business for 19 years. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So you, you, you went to the training, uh, the, this teacher training in, in LA. What was that like? I mean, was it like, here you show up and there's, I don't know how many people were in that training, a couple hundred people. And this Indian dude. And what were you thinking when you got there? I, I was I was a little bit of shock and an awe. There was this Indian man that I had no idea. It was like they just were throwing this studio together. It was a brand new studio that they just leased. Uh, it felt very kind of thrown together, you know, like it was wasn't very organized and everything else. But it was literally we were getting there and it was like we had to write our check and literally writing a check on the back of, of Vikram's back to finish the payment. It was very cheap at the time. It was so funny how we just kind of stumbled into the whole thing. And we just started doing this teacher training. And I was handed a piece of paper, literally loosely paper, that said, well, this is the dialogue and you have to memorize it. And I was like, what? Like, it, <laughs> like, I mean, I'm telling you, I was thrown into the lion's den. But that was my process. And I learned so much out of it. Like, I mean, I had to learn to become a teacher, learn, this, uh, learn from this Indian guy, learn for 220 people in a room sweating and dying for nine weeks. And that was my huge process. I, I mean, prior to that, I've had my background as it used to race motorcycles and, and I totally ruined my spine. And so I always had a bad back. When I got into the training, my back actually got worse and worse and worse. And one weekend, I couldn't even walk. So I walked into Bikram's office on a Monday morning and I said, oh my God, like, I can't walk. Like, it, it's over. And he wasn't even looking up and he was just like toes and heels on the line. And I'm like, no, 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 like no walking. And he was like, toes and heels in the line. Literally, that was the changing point for me. And I realized at that point is that yoga heals and you have to trust the process. And I just had to show up with my toes and heels in the line. That day, I think I did maybe five postures. And by the end of the week, I really was like, oh, a flower petal blooming. Like I, I just became a changed man. Now, still, I'm not the most flexible person, but the whole idea about yoga is that you try yoga and that you continue to try. And for me now to feel good and not to have a bad back and to enjoy the energy that I do and to spread the well-being, this is a gift. 
you know, it's such a gift that I love to pass. So yeah. thank you. And, I, and I don't know about you, but you know, knowing that story, it, it sounds actually similar to what I went through because when I went to training, I was hurting and I wanted Bikram to like do something special for me, give me some modifications or adjustments. And right. um, he just said, keep doing the yoga and um, the, the mantra of don't worry about it, forget about it, just do the yoga has really become my biggest lesson in yoga. It's yeah. not where my elbow might be in triangle pose or where my chin nope. might be in another posture. It's, it. Don't freaking worry about it. You know, yeah. just do the yoga. Yeah. Forget about it. Yeah. And so that's the way I teach now. I mean, I, I go from sports experts to, to three-year-old to 88-year-old, and I, my biggest con conducement is just do the best you can. Just do the best you can. And people get it. They have to go through their own process. And it's not like you say about where your elbow is and the chin and the shoulder, whatever it is. It's just trying to get people to the door and yeah. then get people to be inspired to do it and then to keep them coming. Those are the huge right. elements of happening in today's society, you know, more so than any, when we start talking about the yoga business, that's <laughs> the real, because <laughs> that's yeah. a whole that's coming out, right? Yeah. So to, speaking about the, the sports side, I know over the years that you worked, um, especially up, up in Canada with, with some of the Canadian pro uh, hockey players and maybe some of the Americans too, but um, how did you get into working with the hockey players with the yoga? Well, luckily or not, uh, on their off season, most of the sports experts say they need to do some kind of cross training or off, off training. So they randomly have walked into a, a facility where I have been. And of course, I'm very charismatic and they meet me and they take my class and they say, no, 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 we like you. So this is good start. So I always feel like, okay, we have a, a relationship. And they start coming to class. And the next thing I know is they tell me that they have access to doing every kind of exercise, every kind of treatment. And there's nothing that treats them better than taking this class. So for a sports expert that has access to doing everything, that comes and takes this class and they feel so fantastic, better than anything else, that gives me reassurance that I am on the path of helping not only myself, but them, but grandma and, and my three-year-old and everything else. So yeah. I just feel... I just keep getting that reassurance that it doesn't matter who you are. It really does work. And the hardest part is showing up. That's yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt. You know, I, I taught a class this morning myself and there was somebody in there with a twisted ankle that couldn't really balance on one of the legs or somebody that was struggling with, with some back pain. There was somebody that was struggling with some shoulder stuff. Um, there were some, some other health issues and that's the way class often is is it's a collection of people and just it's just life we have things that happen but if yep. we come in and, and do the yoga things start to change yeah yeah they oh, just yeah. they just do oh. and it's like you know one, one of the another one of the lessons that that i know i learned um in yoga and in, tra and in training when i went was that I needed to actually do more yoga because of my condition and not less. And right. that, you know, it's like taking, if you're in terrible pain, you need to take say two aspirin, but if you're always, you know, just taking a quarter of an aspirin, it's not going to do anything. No. And so right. I needed to increase the dosage of the yoga to have the effect that I, I wanted it to heal myself. And that was hard, and that's hard for many people to understand that, that, no, don't pull back, actually do more. And yeah. so, like, when, when Bikram told you to get back your toes back on the line because you could barely move in your back, and then within a few days it started shifting, that's a remarkable testament to what yoga does. Yeah. And then when you have your own experience, then you're, you, you're a believer, you know? Yeah. So I have to, with my own voice, try to make people a believer that they can and that I've gone through it and other people have gone through it and you can too. But somehow we have to have this really confident, convincing spirit because we're overwhelmed by every kinds of 
exercise. We're overwhelmed by every kind of prescription drug. We're overwhelmed by surgeries and doctors and, and, and well-being healers that, that have advice for them and, and they, they go these different paths. So here we are trying to make enough noise or waving enough flags to say, hey, come over here. But now it's like, well, but I have 50,000 other options. Yeah. So it makes our job very difficult but I, you know, as you know, and I don't have to convince you, it, it does work. It's 100% effective. And the hardest part is getting people to show up. So that's our job now, you know? <laughs> well, let's show. talk about that idea. It's hard to get people showing up. For your studio in Vancouver, when, when you opened up your studio, it really started thriving pretty quickly. And it was thriving for a number of years. And then for whatever reason, um, more studios in the area, just more activities for people to do. I don't know what, but you started struggling with the studio. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about what you experienced with that? Yeah, absolutely. So when we, when I got started, I mean, yoga was hot, literally hot. So people were really anxious to try it and look for it. When we open up, uh, that first studio, we, the census that we did in the, in the city of Vancouver is that there was only five other yoga studios. Okay, watch the mathematics. When I sold my studio in December of 2014, the census had it. You ready for this? 266 yoga studios. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But, you know, yoga got hot. Everybody loved it. Everybody wanted to teach it. Everyone wanted a piece of the pie, and everybody opened studios. And that was wonderful and cool, but now you've oversaturated the market, and now it's like, now it's dog eat dog, and literally, like, the big dogs with the big money, with the big studios, ended up winning because they ended up opening chains, and they opened up all over, and it was really easy with one low price to go all over and to do yoga and and then the yoga changed i mean they just wanted to make it shorter and easier and with music and 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 then the variety came out so that really ate our market because we have a specific 90 minutes and it was really hard to sell that within all of that noise and and the other part of it is that like when we opened in 2000 and 2003 i opened my studio there wasn't social media there was no marketing for that kind of stuff you know, Facebook came out 2007, 2008, Instagram, YouTube came out, and Twitter came out. So if you're really smart and effective and jumped into those platforms and learned how to use those platforms when people were really anxious, they got really effective on trying to market it and attract new people. And I mean, you could be selling yoga, or you could be selling donuts or CrossFit or anything. If you're really good at it, you got new attention. And for me, we just relied on the yoga and we relied on our student base. But problem was that everybody was getting really in fancy and new and creative. And so when a, a, a 20,000 square foot studio opens up across the street from you and they're real good at marketing, you know, that's, that's what happened to my, my business. And I just took that really good, actually. I took it as like, okay, what can I learn from this whole process? Because for me, it wasn't a failure. It was like, I needed to learn how to become more resourceful and learn how to become more marketable in a, in, a, in a place that's so noisy with everybody selling everything now. Now it's the indoor cycling and it doesn't matter what's gonna to be tomorrow. I know that the yoga works, but how am I gonna make noise in this noisy market to say, yeah, no, this is this is working? Because yeah. everybody sells something and there's not that there's something wrong with indoor cycling or there's something wrong with, but, it's like, I know what this works for everybody. And now I have to be really loud in this noisy market. That's really the cruncher part of it all. Yeah. Well, at the time, I, we, we talked quite a bit at the time when some of the transition was going on with the studio. And I know in hindsight that it was like not so much a failure, but at the time it was hard. Hardest. I mean, it, you put all your energy, you put your heart, your soul, your, it's your baby. I mean, I, I lived in that place. I was working 18 hours a day in that place. I was teaching a ton of classes. I was trying to provide to the community. I was trying to provide to all my new teachers jobs. It was a job employment. And to feel it going down was very hard on my heart because it was like, wait a minute, I have this great product. But it's like I couldn't sell it anymore. And it's like, what was the problem? 
And I really just wasn't being able to get resourceful enough at the time. And so that was my, my, my learning lesson. And, and so now my job after that has been traveling so much and going into studios and saying, are, are, are you aware that this could come to your city? There could be a huge wave of tons of different exercises and activities. And you have to learn how to market your business. Because before we relied on the yoga because everybody loved it and everybody was looking for it. And now it's like, it's, you know, it's, it's watered down. It's all over. Everybody's got a bit and a version of it. And so how do you stick out? Why do people want to come to you? How are they going to get to your studio? And how are they going to heal themselves? And that's your quest. All in yeah. all, that's the bottom yeah. line. So since you let go of the studio or sold it, do you have any idea how many studios you've taught at since then? Uh, I'm about 144 different studios. I can't remember how many countries now. It's, it's getting to be a bit of a blur. I'm about 13,000 classes in and about around 700,000 students under the belt. So, wow. Uh, yeah. It, it, I, you know, when I had the studio and had mind body, it was easy to, to keep that all in accounting. And then just since then, I just kind of keep it into my mind. So it's gotten yeah. a little rough, but I got the idea. Yeah, it's beautiful to go from country to country, show up in a country, show up on the on the yoga stand, and start watching the people of the country operate in a way that like, are they listening? How well do they listen? Are they able to try? How well are they willing to try? Do they have determination? Or do they just want to walk out the door? So we see all these aspects of the mind, the moment I walk into the studio, the moment I walk into a country, and I have nothing to do with this country i don't even have i don't even know what's going on in the country but i can tell what's happening in the yoga class and that yeah. gives me a big wow you know yeah. now i'm in for my first time i'm going to be in france next month and you know it's just it's such a great thing for me to be, be able to go to these countries and see these different kinds of people and still have the same thing this beautiful yoga to be able to pass that torch off to and say this is the healing Go ahead and, and, and do your thing. Yeah. And how, how much are you able to uh, practice every day? About, well, I just finished coming from Bikram training, so I was doing every single day for the last month. That was good. Uh, when I'm on the road like this, it's about three to four classes a week, which is good, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I'm yeah. teaching about three or four classes. You know, there's a lot of traveling in between, so it's not, you know, not like when I had the studio and you just show up and you can... <laughs> There's yeah. No yeah. So it, it, it's a lot more work, but being on the road, this is my job is to, to go and do yoga and to see studios. And for some of them, I just go in like they don't have room for, they have a lot of teachers, whatever. I just want to go and visit studio owners and say, thank you for being open and thank you for having us to the community. And, 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 you know, and maybe on the next round I come by, they say, Hey, maybe we'll make some space for you to come. But that's kind of like my, my passion is to go into these studios and just give them a salute and a namaste to say that, thank you for being open, you know, for the yeah. people. Yeah. So what, what, what's it like being in Spain or France or some other countries where you don't speak the language in your teaching class and virtually everybody in class is, yeah. uh, say, Spanish speaking, but not English? Yeah. Or well, as I like to say, they're not Canadian speaking. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know, when I go to each country, I, I, I take time and I learn some of the details about the postures. Like for now, I'm in Spain, so I'm learning Spanish. So I'm learning the details like loque uh, la rodilla means lock the knee and goto uh, and all these fine-tuned fine respira por la nariz, breathe through the nose. So you learn some details and then when you bring them to the people, they also appreciate the fact that you're trying. Mm -hmm. And I do end up doing a lot of demonstrating, like, you know, and I'm saying, okay, chin touching their shoulder. And they're like, what? And then I'm, I'm literally, and then they go, oh, so demonstrating actually helps a lot. And, and just trying to be a little bit more, I have to be a little bit more interactive in the classes rather than standing on a podium and just saying the words. So that's really what, what the key is when you're in, traveling internationally. Yeah, I, I know early on in, in my first studio and I was teaching virtually all the classes and I asked Bikram, what should I do? I says, I can't practice. He said, just like advance, practice with them. You know, do that till you get more teachers and you know, then you don't have to do that, but do that right now. And so 
I went through a phase where I was teaching and taking all my classes wow. you know, at the same time. And I do that occasionally now if it's a small class, but when you're out there on the road, do you ever do that? I haven't done it yet because I've still been able to attend classes that, you know, like I've had that opportunity. And actually, it's my pleasure to come into a studio and take one of the teacher's classes or the studio owner's class because it's, they, it's a respect for them too, you know. Sure. And, and they want to have a little feedback or whatever it is. And, and, and it's like, you know, I'm, uh, the studio that I taught to at tonight and I'm going to go back and teach you, take his class tomorrow morning and, you know, and he's so excited for it. And it's like just that enthusiasm. It's, it's passing the torch back and forth, you know. So yeah. Yeah. I'm so lucky to still be able to teach and take classes. Yeah. And, and it will be in Spanish. So it's like, you know, what's interesting is if you know the English dialogue, when you take it in another country, it's kind of like I'm learning those words while I'm taking the class, you know, mm -hmm. because they're saying lock the knee. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's what that means. Oh, <laughs> You know, so yeah. it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, but do you, you know your practice well enough, I'm sure, that you could go in and out and oh, yeah. the postures with the right timing and follow oh, along yeah. the teacher and all that. Yeah, that's no problem anymore. Like, I'm, I'm after this many years, I know exactly what's coming up next and what to yeah. do and how to follow along. But I do, I do listen to it. Actually, when I go into different countries with different languages, it makes me listen more because I'm trying to pick up their language on the details that one, I can learn the language and one, what is the details that I could specifically learn that maybe I might be missing? Like, you know, I, I listen to a word and then I'll come out and I'll say, what does that word mean? Ah, okay. Yeah. You know, whatever, focus one point in the mirror. Yeah. Just learn. It's, it's yeah. a continual learning experience being out here on the road. Yeah. And what, what's the difference between uh, teaching a student and teaching a somebody in teacher training that's learning to become a teacher yeah well i just finished doing that for the last month so you know obviously you've been to the teacher training it's quite exciting the teachers are just like you know they're just like kids waiting to learn so uh just trying to give them the right words of wisdom rather than than specifically because they're reading the dialogue they're learning the postures they're taking posture clinics with Bikram himself so that's not really my chore more than just trying to reinforce all the basics of what we're doing don't change it keep it real trust the process you know when you get out there you got to be able to teach and practice keep the balance because these are experiences that i went through and so now I want to pass those same some messages basically and lessons uh, to, to them rather than the details about what Bikram's going to teach them in the dialogue and et cetera, you know, yeah. being a chair again, that's, that's kind of, and through my experience and I guess through, you know, my Jesus look or whatever, they go, Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, mm. 20 years of Jesus, you must've gotten something down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I know you haven't taught at a, a lot of teacher trainings that one of the things that it did for me as a teacher, it kept me engaged and it kept me um, close to the yoga and understanding the instructions and, and being able to help so many other teachers and, you know, maybe, maybe giving them some ideas that come about through the yoga that they can take back as a teacher um, that yeah. they may not have considered before. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm trying to do all the little stuff that that I feel like I'm at the teacher training and I'm listening to Bikram and I'm listening to the teachers and then I'm kind of like, okay, give me the ball now and I'll try to help them out as best as I can with the, with the stuff in between, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, right now I, I go and I've been teaching like basically a business course, Bikram Yoga Business 101. It's like how to stay alive, how to market your business, how to, you know. Uh, you know what I, I break it down to five simple things but one of the things that we I focus on is the teachers like if you're coming to a class and that class sucks today's day and age I my time my energy and my money I'm going to go somewhere else mm -hmm. so you better become efficient enough as a teacher and what does efficient enough well the number one rule as a teacher is get them to come back the next day mm -hmm. or to get them to come back the next year how do you keep a student enrolled 
by teaching. You know, you can't just say, do the same thing. You got to give them something. You got to give them encouragement. You got to give them corrections. You got to be entertaining. You know, you got to add in all these things as a teacher and not just know the dialogue. You have to be able to give students something to keep them going. So yeah. now when I go to teacher training, that's probably the biggest thing I talk to teachers is that, you know, that's, you guys, it's, it's so key. And, you know, I've sent 62 teachers to the teacher training and coming back and trying to get them to become better teachers. And some of them become, it would be amazing the stories I type. The student, the teacher that you would never think would never be able to be a great teacher became one of the best teachers. And the teacher that you think would be rock star blew it and, and, and is not a teacher after six months. So you never can tell what the expectation and what the desire is and from the heart. And so my reminder now is to say, you, you, you better become a good teacher that keeps people coming because that's your product and that's yeah. what you're selling ultimately. And if you can keep them coming, not only do you have a job, the studio keeps surviving, but the student is going to improve their life. And that's the number one thing that I want to ensure people understand. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about you because I know that you have a couple of daughters and you're about ready to become a grandfather. Ooh, can you believe <laughs> it? People are asking me all the time, hey, grandpa, and I'm, you know, it's one of those things where it's like you turn, someone says you turn 30, you turn 40, it's like you don't really feel it. Well, people are telling me, hey, grandpa, and I'm like, well, I haven't felt it because I haven't seen her, seen my granddaughter, it is going to be a baby, a girl. It's going to be a baby. Uh, <laughs> hopefully. No, it's going to be a girl. And I don't have the feeling I'm excited for my daughter. It's kind of like, it's you know, she's only 21. And, and, and so it's a fresh young thing going on for, for my family. But I'm super excited. You know, like, I, I don't know what a grandpa is supposed to do in these roles. But um, mm -hmm. I guess it's like everything else. Trust the process. Uh, <laughs> I think you're supposed to show up and spoil them rotten and uh, you know, kind of kind of piss your kid off a little bit and <laughs> then come back and do it again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's the age-old saying, but I think I'm going to change the cover of that book and I'm going to be a little bit more on the the teaching of uh, of wisdom instead of spoiling them rotten. I think I'll let my daughter spoil her she's still you know she's still fresh but that's the day and age we live in you know yeah yeah so i'm excited for that uh and are you are you going back to canada for that of course i have to go back for canada she's already wanting me to back now and it's not even oh. due until september <laughs> yeah but you know i'm 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 still on the road and i i just visited bikram it was great to get him back into my my own veins which is why i love to go back to the training is so that i can i can i remember what it's all about i mean he's been teaching for my god 65 years of his life and all kinds of things but his stories and his 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 experience go into me that make me remember go oh yeah this is my job and now i have to pass that torch yeah. to be our today pass the torch yeah. Yeah. So when, when, when you leave Spain, uh, you, I heard you say earlier that you're going to France. Yeah. How, how long are you going to be in France? And then where are you going after that? Uh, I'll probably go for France for about three weeks up to a month. And then I'll go back to Canada because of my daughter and, and also my, my father. He's uh, out in, in near Vancouver. And, uh, and I, you know, I'm, I'm feeling... I'm feeling the last, it could be five or it could be 10 more years, but I'm feeling that that last part of his life is coming. And, and I really am dear to my father and I really want to be close to him. So, which is actually leading up to the story of like, uh, in the last few months has really been a recognition of like, well, I guess I'm going back to Vancouver. And if I'm going back to Vancouver, you know what's going to end up happening. I'm a yogapreneur. I can't just go and teach yoga. I got involved. So, yeah taking all this experience, which I've been on the road to go back is something that I'm going to look forward to uh, renewing because as you know, everything has changed. Marketing has changed. Business has changed. Trends have changed. And, you know, you have to keep up with the Joneses, but not only keep up, but, you know, not just keep up, but really survive and thrive, you know, and since we have such a great product, now it's just a matter of marketing that product to make sure that the people understand and how do they get to the door? Yeah. <laughs> How do you get people to the door? And I really blessed you so many years, Michael. I still have the notes that we, me and you went back and forth. <laughs> yeah, sincerely. Like it, it yeah. was the fact, 
stepping stones of like, I can remember going, okay, because I was completely overwhelmed. You know, when we opened the studios, people would just come and they came and came and came and came. And then the market changed. And then I needed to start doing what we started talking about, how to market, how to get people to the door and how to enroll students. And I was in that process and I couldn't learn fast enough. I wasn't resourceful enough to make that happen fast enough. So my easy exit door was to sell my studio and hit the road because I love the passion of teaching. Now taking all that experience and my past experience of having the studio to go back and redo it again, I'm kind of excited about it because, you know, I'm feeling like, okay, we're going to take a second crack at the bat at it, but I got a few more things in the back pocket, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And of course, we're going to have many more conversations offline about how to do that, right? (laughs) If you want to market your studio, you're talking to the guy right over there. Yeah. Yeah, well, I've been learning a lot, too, and I'll talk to you more about that offline, like you said, but um, some some pretty cool things. So is what I'm hearing is that you may stay up in Vancouver for a while? I think I'm looking at staying back in Vancouver. One, taking care of my dad. Two, my daughter is having a baby. So these are all things that are, you know, like it's it's family. Everyone says it's all about family, and I'm... I've been traveling enough and I love to travel and I'm going to continue to travel, but I think it's, 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 it's time for me to put my bags down <laughs> <laughs> and, and start teaching back in my hometown. And like I said, I, yeah. I'm a much a teacher and more so than anything, I just want to spread the, the love and the good message about sure. how to keep myself. Yeah. And now, now I have to just use all the tools, tools, as I say, to, to make sure that, that the messages get across, that people are able to come to a studio and, and able to heal themselves, because yeah. that's the line. Well, it's interesting. I'm, I'm thinking back to the Red Hummer. <laughs> still you, have it. Oh, you still have it? Is it sitting at Dad's, or where is it? Yeah, it's parked in the garage, got a big, big tarp on it, and uh, it's collecting dust, but I go back and I start it up and it's still red and it's still a Hummer, so. Yeah, and what does what, what the big tire say in the back? Oh, well, it had a big, big, well, it had Bikram Yoga logo on it and it had uh, Get the Fire Started, which was my logo. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll have to go back to Vancouver and get the fire started. Yeah, and do you, do you still have your motorcycle up there too? Still got my motorcycle. Actually, my motorcycle is in, California. Oh, because when I left Vancouver, I literally went down the coast, drove it, and I've been kind of off and on being a California resident for the last four years. Even I was traveling, I kind of left one left foot down in California, which was my motorcycle. <laughs> and you know, I was helping Michelle out at the San Jose studio, and that has been fantastic. And we got that studio rocking and rolling. And so I kind of have my motorcycle in a small place there and, and a little bit. So I don't have a, you said it at the beginning, I don't have a fixed address, but I kind of have a, a couple of lefts and rights. So I, I, it is time for me to, to get grounded again. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So you're going to be back in Canada in August or so? Yeah. 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 And it, does it seem... I mean, I, I know your mom passed, so I, I commend you for going back to spend time with your father. Um, yeah. And I, I know you, you spent some time traveling with him as well. Yeah, I took my dad to Hawaii for three months this year. I, I went and, and started managing a studio there, and it was great because my mom and dad, they used to go there a lot. So I, I figured I'd give them some good memories. And it was good to have him there. Of course, it's sunny and warm and hot. And it was fun to, you know, teach yoga. And, and that was all good until uh, it got warmer in Canada. And then I brought him <laughs> back. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's there now. And, and yeah, I do really want to take care of him and, and want to be as close as possible to him. Because obviously he brought me here. And I, and I really, I, I, I have it in my heart that I need to take care of my dad. Yeah. And then, then on top of that, in August, we are hosting the Canadian Yoga Championship. I don't know if you're aware of that. In in August? Yeah, it's in August, and it's going to be in Edmonton, actually, this year. Wow. Uh, August 24th, I think, is the date. Um, and so, uh, of course, I'm, you know, I, I wear many hats. I'm the president of the Canadian Yoga Federation, but uh, sometimes... And they haven't even told me what my task is going to be. I may be a judge and I might be an MC. <laughs> I could be, I could wear a lot of hats over there, but you know, we just put it on and we make it on. 
I love these events because it comes down to this. Hundreds of, or a hundred, over a hundred years ago, yoga competitions started in India and literally started as a demonstration to the public. And they became so big. And of course, now we have it in North America. And the big dirty word of competition is yoga and competition doesn't fit in the same sentence. But in reality, it becomes a yoga demonstration. And a person goes up on a stage and they demonstrate their yoga for three minutes. And yeah, somebody's going to get a gold ribbon and someone's not. But at the same point, people come out and they watch and they get inspired by the yoga demonstration, I'll call it. And, and it, we call it a day. And we don't have these that often. It's only once a year. Um, and they do, obviously, we have an international championship. And, and now, actually, there's going to be a North American championship. So they are growing in, in aspects. The United States has a huge following in the, in the yoga competitions. Um, so I'm just happy to just continue to, again, it's a promotion for yoga and get people to come out and be excited yeah. about it. Yeah. The, the competition's a, a whole nother podcast that, I, I know when, when I first started getting exposed to it, I, I had a little resistance to the idea of it. But then I researched the history of yoga competitions itself, you know, the actual competitions, but also my understanding of yoga change because oftentimes I know I'd have my mat over my shoulder and I'm thinking, do I want to go to yoga class or do I want to go to Starbucks and have some coffee? and recognizing that that in itself was a form of competition in my mind. Yes. And when, when I would commit to the yoga practice or when I'd see other people committing to their practice for the purpose of competition, I found that they actually became less competitive. The competitors yeah. became less competitive, if that makes yeah. sense. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And they yeah. really bond. They're all trying to help each other. And, and, you know, like I said, it's all about demonstrating your best three minutes of yoga on a stage. Yeah. And, 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 you know, already there's a lot of people that go up and they know that they're not going up to win. But I convince them, go up and demonstrate your best yoga you got. And, you know, you never know. And it's the, the funny and the greatest stories happen to them because they go up. And, of course, they're nervous. And they go up and they have this windfall of three minutes and they come off and they go it was like the biggest rush ever and they're like oh my god i can't wait to do that again next year and, yeah. and either fell or, or they did the best it didn't matter but they just get such a rush to be on the stage to demonstrate yoga and and that's infectious itself you know? yeah yeah because I, I know too having talked to a number of people why are you doing this why did you enter the, the competition and the predominant answer that, that I've heard from people is, I'm afraid to get in front of people. I want to get over my fear. Awesome. Wow. And that, that's it. I mean, there, there's various reasons, but that predominantly has been the reason. And then I found that there were people that, that maybe hadn't been doing the yoga for very long or yoga for very long. And maybe they were struggling with some health issues or maybe they were overweight or, or had something going on. And they didn't give a rats. They just wanted to get up there and to prove to themselves that they could do this regardless of what was going on with them. And to Absolutely. me, that's powerful. And that's yoga right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Those are the inspiring stories of them all. And yeah. there's a few people out there right now that are actually in that game to just get up on the stage. And they have some physical disabilities that you would say uh no you're not really but they're so determined and they have that smiling happy face glowing face that i'm just gonna go up and demonstrate to me i'm just like it just overwhelms my heart like yeah. it, that that's the winner the winner is is showing up again and doing and demonstrating their yoga and it's like oh my god this i have given such amazing people hugs true to my heart because I'm just overwhelmed by, by them showing up on a stage and overcoming yeah. their fear of just getting up on a stage, you know? Yeah. And I'll turn around and I'll see some rock star girl that can do everything perfect. And she's like, I don't know, I'm not doing yoga competition. So like, it really gives me the definition of what it is right there. Yeah. So, I, I remember too, and I, I know that we can probably have lots of stories, but there was a gentleman in, Las Vegas, maybe 15 years ago. I can't remember how long ago it was. He was an older gentleman, maybe even 80 years old or like 78. I want to say he was 78. He got some Bengal tiger um, swimsuit kind of thing, you know, little tiny thing. And he gets up there on stage and 
as far as going in depth into the postures, he wasn't able to do that. But he was just getting up there, having fun, showing that even this 78-year-old guy could have fun doing his yoga. Isn't it amazing? Yes. Yeah. And then they've developed the senior category. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. Oh, yeah. And to be honest, this is what's more remarkable. When it first came out, it was like, I guess it just wasn't popular enough. But I'm telling you now, mark my words, the 50 plus, they call the senior, they're doing yoga better than everybody else. Like, it's <laughs> overwhelming. I'm like, yeah. woo you know? Yeah. That's, you know, how many times I walk into a yoga class and I say, I don't care what your age is now. You should be so grateful that this generation, this generation that we are here now, that you have something under your belt called yoga that's now going to make you live past 100, not in a wheelchair, not in an old folks home, but like actually living your life because of the fact that you have such a great tool. So, you know, again, the yoga and how we need to broadcast that message and how we can promote it and market it to the world and, and keep studios open. And this has been my job, you know, and it's such a pleasure to do it. So we're, we're rapidly coming to the, the end of our show to show today, Brad. Again, I know that we could talk for hours, but um, (laughs) for, for the, the listeners that are on today and that may be wondering whether yoga is for them or not, or, Maybe they're doing some yoga and they're wondering whether or not they want to keep doing it. What would you say to them? What comes to your mind? Well, it really is a a savior for yourself, mentally, physically, spiritually. It works for everybody and you just need to show up and do it. And then the people that are doing it and they're not sure, you just got to trust the process and keep doing it. Because when you see somebody that's 90, that's doing yoga, that still can walk around normally and function physically and mentally, that's really my inspiration. And you know, some of those names of those, some of those people that are older and still do, I want to be hundred and I want, so why don't I want to inspire other people to do that? And I just have want to wave the flag to them and say, please, everybody do your yoga, show up, find your studio, Find a teacher that inspires you. The yoga works. You got to trust the process. And the hardest part is showing up. And yeah. and God bless all those studio owners that still survive, that keep the doors open because that for them is the hardest job. And for students, just to show up is their hardest job. So you have yeah. the yin and the yang right there. Yeah, that's great. Now on on the webpage at fallingupradio.com on your page. Again, for those that are, that are listening on Apple or, or somewhere else, if you go to the website, you'll see more information about Brad and you'll see some contact information at the bottom of the page. But for the listeners, is there a simple way for them to contact you? A, a website, Facebook? Yeah. And My website is getthefirestarted.com. Easy enough. It's, it's, it's where your life begins, you know, and I'm contactable there. It's my website, my emails there, some information's there. And uh, I just try to keep it as updated as possible. Of course, I have Instagram and I'm, I'm very active on Instagram and Facebook as well. So, uh, and Twitter, but those are, those are the channels and I'm out there and I'm trying to help as many people as possible. And if they need to reach out, ask questions, I'm here. Yeah. That's great. Well, you know, your, your journey has been remarkable to watch the, the last few years, Brad, and letting go of the studio and being on the road. And um, one of the things that I always like to do at the end of the podcast is kind of reflect back on what we just talked about and, you know, some of the things that we may have learned from this and, and even about the yoga that you know, you just keep doing the yoga and things will change and that even these failure type things in in life can turn into really the manure, the fertilizer for for our success. Yeah, your your book says it all. The falling down is the one thing. There isn't anybody that's not going to fall down, but it's how to get up, how to feel determined. I mean, your books has so much inspiration. I've told you this so many times, Michael, I read the first chapter and I called you and I said, Michael, you know, <laughs> but that really was an inspiration to me. It was a shot because I had already known you for, you know, I don't know, what, 15 years before you wrote the book. And so knowing your life and then reading what your history was like, wow, man, you really, and so that's the shot of inspiration people need, you know, and, and I hope that many people download that 
because if they just, your very first story of how you made the change, if someone can get that book and just read a little bit and be inspired, it all changes right there. Thank you for that. Please. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Brad. Um, yeah, I look forward to you um, coming back to Canada for a bit and yeah. uh, being able to buzz up the road and, and connect with you and to you come up it. and see you. And um, sure. yeah, it's it's been maybe two years since I've seen you in California. Yeah, year? I think about, yeah, about yeah. maybe a year and a half, two years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I used to come right, right through your hometown with my motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. That was one of my main stops. I actually physically went that way to see you. So Yeah, that was great. So yeah. Okay. Well, again, our, our guest today has been Brad Colwell. And uh, we learned a lot today about yoga. And um, perhaps one day in the future, um, I can't call you grandpa yet, but uh, we'll see what that chapter of your life has, has to bring to you. And maybe we can have yeah. you on again. Because you were on about five years ago when I was doing the, the audio podcast. And right. so it's great to have you on, on this show now too. And um, the book Brad mentioned again, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, Falling Down, Getting Up, is you just go to the website, you download a free ebook or uh, get the free print book, just cover a little bit of sh uh, shipping and handling and uh, go from there. So um, have an incredible day, Brad. And for everybody listening to, have an incredible day and just know that no matter what's happening in life, you can really step forward and, and have something better if you want and to use those challenges and those falls and hitting bottom or whatever it might look like to you as a way to really find a new way to live. Sometimes we, it seems like we have to have things taken away before they're given back again. So uh, just keep on going and I've got this little card that a, a friend of mine uh, gave me so if you can see online it says keep smiling and if you can't see online just know that it says keep smiling so no, no matter what perhaps just be happy today and tomorrow will take care of itself so uh, anyway awesome. thank you my friend for being on, on the show hold on we'll talk on the backside, and everybody have an amazing day